Welcome into Leafs Lunch here on TSN 1050. I'm Mike DiStefano, and I've got Matthew Cause in with me today in place of Julia Tashery, still out on the Women's World's Beat, and uh, we've got some Women's World Hockey Championship action tonight on the station. Um, big, big weekend for the Toronto Maple Leafs, Maddie. A 7-1 drubbing over the Montreal Canadiens. They, they're able to finally get past Montreal, able to lay the beat down that they always should put on this team. But even when they come away with a big win, there's always a little bit of extra curriculars post-game. Uh, Jet Alexander ends up getting into the game, which was awesome. A, Amazing story for the kid out of UFT. He's going to join us today at uh, 1240. And unfortunately, that seemed to be uh, a story that kind of kind of went off the rails a little bit, Matty. Yeah, it did. Uh, good afternoon. And by the way, it is Canada-United States final preliminary game for the Women's World Hockey Championship right here on TSN 1050 at 7 o'clock tonight. Um, yeah, I thought uh, Chris Weidman's comments, and we'll get into it, I thought that was one of the lesser storylines, but just one of the more juicier ones, coming out and saying, ah, oh, the Leafs are going to get what they deserve come playoff time. You know, my takeaway here is, Al's brother, the Montreal Canadiens, Bunch of cowards. They did not even attempt one shot. They didn't attempt one shot on Alexander in the final 70 nope. seconds because they knew they were going to get robbed. They're a bunch of cowards. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm actually going to ask him, like, if he, you know, you know, well, how does it feel? You got in there, you got 70 seconds, but didn't have to face a shot. Like, how that felt just getting in there. So he'll join us in, uh, in about a half hour. That'll be a fun conversation. But I thought overall, like, Toronto played a pretty sound and solid hockey game. I mean, 7-1 is pretty indicative of how much they controlled things. I thought William Nylander had his best game in a while. I think he recorded, like, 10 shots on goal, and yep. that one scored. Uh, the power play was on fire, 4 for 6 on the power play. So it, it seemed like a kind of a get-right game for a lot of different things and a lot of different people, almost as if it's like, uh, you know, their final tune-up to get ready to go for this final week of the season. Yeah, I mean, they uh, out Montreal didn't have their first shot in the game until like the eight fifty mark of the first. I think it was eighteen one at the end of the first period. Yeah. That was as much of a beatdown, and it's about time because, as you mentioned, remember, I think the first two games Toronto lost to Montreal by one. They'd go in as like a minus four hundred favorite on Fanduel, and they would lose. They won their last game by a couple goals. They won this game seven one. It was just nice to finally see that inevitable dominant performance by the Maple Leafs against a bad team all the stars scored ryan o'reilly he's back he got three assists eric gustison on the first power play got three assists it was point night on saturday before everyone had their uh, easter dinner on sunday it was great it was nice and, and we'll see if they can carry that into tonight's game we got the florida panthers and uh we're bearing the lead a little bit here because mm. all eyes will be on nyes tonight uh, the leafs do finally lock up their top prospect, Matthew Nyes, uh, he signs a three-year entry-level deal with the Toronto Maple Leafs. And, um, man, I, there's a lot of excitement about this player, right? Hobie Baker Award finalist. He just got through to the finals in the NCAA Frozen Four Championships. His team, Minnesota, losing to Quinnipiac in, uh, in overtime, which, unreal celebration, by the way. Unreal selly in that game. Uh, but now Nyes turns his page and he's now embarking on his professional career with the Maple Leafs, and uh, hopefully we can get a chance to, to see him tonight. I think we got our TSN hockey analyst Mike Johnson on the line, a guy who's made that jump from college to get right into the NHL. What's going on, Johnny? 
what's going on? Do we know? It's like, where's Waldo? Where's Maddie? Do we know where Matthew Nyes is? Is he officially in Fort Lauderdale right now? Um, I, I sorry. I'll let me jump in because we're on a Zoom call. I can tell you he is not at the TSN studio. He is not in Stephanie Apolito's living room. He is not in Mike DeStefano's uh, bedroom or or lair. Mm-hmm. I don't know where he is. And I can tell you right now, Matthew Nyes is not in my bedroom. That is what I can a hundred percent confirm to you there, Mike Johnson. That's <laughs> not really the information I was looking for, though. I appreciate you clarifying those four locations. I'm checking Mark Masters. He hasn't identified him on the ice. They say Kyle kind of Yarn croaked out there, but not if he's out there, I would expect him to be out there as well. So um, it, it's fascinating. Listen, uh, late in the year, there's nothing to play for. The Leafs have pulled away from Tampa pretty significantly, whatever is nine points edge on them. So there's nothing to play for. So the only thing of interest is guys chasing personal milestones, finalizing pairings and roles, which is pretty important. But part of that equation is, this kid, who was like the top prospect, we heard at the deadline, they were very hesitant to try to, to move him in any trade because they thought that he would be part of this team really soon. Now, does that really soon mean today? Does it mean a week from today, more importantly? But I guess we have to wait and see him play. I'm kind of, I'm doing the game tomorrow night in Tampa, so I'm kind of hoping he makes his debut tomorrow so I can watch him firsthand. But um, I, I, just for the perspective, though, Mike, he finished on Saturday night, a devastating loss. Exciting game, but that really, yeah. you know, they were two minutes away from winning it, then they lose 10 seconds in overtime. And he flies back to Minnesota with his team. And a lot of people kind of scratch their head, well, if he's turning pro, why would he just stay in Florida and just jump right to Florida from Tampa and save himself a day? I get it. I mean, I, when, in my career, I wasn't in the national championship, but I was in the league playoffs. I finished on a Friday night. I went back to Bowling Green on Friday night, spent Friday night with my friends, my teammates, saying goodbye, signed my pro contract Saturday morning, flew out Saturday, played Sunday. So a very similar turnaround that he's attempting to do for this game. Now, I wasn't jumping into the playoffs. I was jumping into a terrible team. But it's the same kind of idea. Like, you do want that bit of closure, plus the logistically of, like, I need some clothes, I need some stuff. If I'm going to go live on, on the road for the next month, which you would have not taken to Tampa, would have been a bad look had he taken a month's worth of clothes to Tampa. So... I get why he went home, signed, and came back. Um, and we'll see. But I think at this point, the luxury the Leafs have, is they can play him as much anywhere they want in the lineup for the next couple games. Like they can play him 20 minutes, first power play, Matthews, Tavares, Nylander, like whoever they want, checking roll, you name it, they can try it. And I'm sure they will as soon as he gets in the lineup. Well, I think you can see how important it was to get Matthew Nyes in the lineup based on all the cap gymnastics they went through over the weekend. Yeah. I mean, they went with a a e-bug as their backup to make sure that they were able to to do, you know, this transaction. Um I'm curious though, Johnny, like like when you made that transition, like how long did it take for you to get acclimated to the NHL? Is is he going to be a realistic option you think for the Maple Leafs when this lineup is is fully ready and fully healthy come game one of the playoffs? Um, I'm, I'm saying it's not impossible. I mean, it really depends on him. We'll have to see how his game translates to the NHL. I mean, I, I was not a second-round pick. I was not a World Junior star. I was not a Hobie Baker finalist. I was not a Big Ten player of the year. I was none of those things. But I was 22, and, you know, I, I scored 60 points my last year in college. And so I, I jumped in, and I felt on the ice like everyone else in, in two games. You know what I mean? Like there are some games I was good, some games I wasn't as good. Harder teams were tougher to play against than, than not as good teams. But, you know, I played 17 minutes my first game, and it felt like a normal hockey game, which I'm sure it will feel like for him. 
Now, if you play tonight, Florida's not a normal team because they are playing for their playoff lives. But, um, you know, I think if he's as good as he's supposed to be, he will be comfortable. The just question becomes not so much if he's good enough, A.B., but does Sheldon Keith trust him? Yeah. I mean, they're going in. We understand the stakes. We understand the history. We don't need to re- revisit them. Does Keith trust him enough in a week to say, okay, you know what? It's a 2-2 game in the third period. We can't have a guy we can't play. We need to, like, at least I know what, whatever, Zach Aston Reese brings us. I know what Sam Lafferty brings us. Some guy who maybe get bumped down. I don't know. Do I trust him enough that I can put him out there? And if he plays in game six, like, and it's Kucherov in point, is he going to be overwhelmed or am I not sure? That, it is, that's what it is more so than is he capable. It's just kind of the trust factor. But that's what, I guess, this week in these couple games, if he can get into them, maybe three games uh, or four. I completely agree with you. Like, I, and it's funny because, you know, I, Leafs Nation. The second that this signing happened, maybe in the second that they got eliminated, already tweeting out what the projected lines would be, and you know, getting sure. Matthew Nyes in in here and taking guys out of the lineup. And for me, I'm not sure he is a a you know an option come game one because of the trust factor. And I'm not sure if three games is enough for that. I mean, I, I've had conversations with people, and they're sitting there telling me, well, you take out Zach Aston reese you take out Sam Lafferty, Alex Kerfoot, take him out of the lineup. I'm like, these are players that Sheldon Keefe truly trusts. Like, I, I just don't mm-hmm. see that happening, MJ. No, probably, probably not in game one, um, unless he shows great. I mean, you know, you can pull comparison. I'm not going to say Kale McCarr, because he's obviously, like, you know, the best defense yeah. in the world. But Chris Kreider, many years ago, he stepped out of Boston College and into the playoff and was fine. You know, like it can be, it can happen. The guys can do it. Uh, you know, I think his teammate Brock Faber is going to step in and play for Minnesota today or tomorrow, I guess. Um, again, today against Chicago. So it can happen on good teams. It can happen. But your point remains. Like, I think the guys that have been there, the guys that the team has acquired, traded for, signed, developed, invested in, uh, grown together, gone through this year's experiences together, they, they, they will get the, the first chance to show that they can or cannot do it, and maybe it's game two or three. Um, but I still think if you look at the rosters, and I've fiddled around with them before, if you're going to play three centermen, if O'Reilly's going to play center and Tavares going to play center, then it kind of feels like there is a spot on the wing for him somewhere. Because then you need six full wingers, and it feels like I'm not sure if they have you know, Noel Chari, who has been good, I don't know if he's a third-line winger with Ryan O'Reilly. I don't know if that makes as much sense if they go three centermen. So if they go three centermen, probably a greater chance of him playing on the third line or second line than if they go two centermen, Tavares on the wing, and then basically two checking lines because it's the checking lines where you really have to have the coach's trust. So it's fascinating. It's a fascinating conversation. Um, but not that you never quite know. But I think the Leafs, scouting department, pro scouts, would have a pretty good sense of what kind of player this kid is. And I will watch very closely tonight or tomorrow when he plays. And, and like, you can get you can get a pretty good, accurate sense right away. Is he a guy who's loose and irresponsible and needs to be tightened up? Or if a guy is pretty buttoned down and irresponsible? Doesn't mean he won't make mistakes, but which way he instinctively goes. And if he is responsible by nature, then I think there's a chance he plays in the first round. 
Uh, Mike Johnson, our TSN hockey analyst, is joining us. And, Mike, I want to apologize. I ignored everything you said uh, because uh, after you said that uh, he's going to be somewhere between Kale McCarr and Chris Kreider, i got to tell you, Matthew Nyes is about to become a star mm. in the NHL. We're going to use that. We're going to use mm. that as the headline for we this might, interview. might have to re-rack the radio to get the exact quote. Uh, That's I'm not it. sure if that no, was no. exactly <laughs> it, but um, I, might I appreciate have... what you're doing there, yeah. Yeah, I, we might have to do some creative editing. Don't worry, we'll make it work. Sure, uh, go get it. <laughs> I'm, cu- I'm curious about tonight's game, just from more of the, the psychological standpoint, as some who played in the NHL. How how weird was it for you being on either end of this, where you've got a game tonight where the Florida Panthers, they're fighting to stay in for their playoff lives, taking on a Maple Leafs team that the, the main thing going for them is, is you know, can Marner get 100 points? Can Matthews get 40 goals? It's more about individual goals in Toronto while it is life and death for Florida. What's that like as a player on either side? Well, I've been in both situations. On Florida side, it's normal. Like, you're approaching the game like a playoff game the same way they've approached the last couple of weeks. Total desperation, total buy-in, focus only on the result. It is Al Davis time, just win, baby. does not matter how, what it looks like. doesn't matter. It's very easy, very obvious. For Toronto, I think it's a, it, it is more of a challenge because it's a blend. And, you know, Matthew, while he wants 40 goals because it's a, you know, keep the run going, he just scored 60, right? So getting 40 for him or 39 is not the be-all, end-all. Certainly Mitch Marner will want to get 100, and I think he probably does get it in the next few games. Um, but I think it's more important that they continue to work at playing the way that they want to play when the playoffs start. And that's a challenge because to try to manufacture that intensity and focus when you know it doesn't really matter can be difficult. And that's what the leaders and Sheldon Keefe will be trying to do. But the thing that will keep their attention – and the reason why these games are important is because while their position in the playoff is set, I don't know if their roster is set for the playoffs. Like, we're talking about Matty Nyes and what he can bring, but even if you take him out of the equation, do you really know what the lineup's going to be like? Do we know who's going to play with who up front or on defense? So, like, I, I think they're working through that, but they also are at some level, like, you're still trying to play well and earn your keep. Like, if you don't think the guys at the bottom of the lineup – are well aware that there may be one extra forward around. Like, of course they are. You don't think Zach Aston, Sam Lafferty, Alex Kirkwood, Noel Achari are, are, like, entirely in tune with what's available above them? Of course they are, uh, especially the addition of Matthew Nye. So there is something for them to play for, not point-wise in the standings, not point-wise on the board, but just, again, showing Sheldon Keith, this is why you have to play me. This is why you're going to play me in the playoffs. And that's, and that's worth a lot still. Then uh, sticking with that theme, big deal, little deal, or no deal, that on the Leafs' power play, there was some exploration of Aaron Eric Gustafson on the number one power play unit. I know he had uh, he had three assists on Saturday. Uh, big deal, little deal, or no deal, Mike Johnson? If they were only playing the Habs in the first round, it'd be a big deal. No, I'm going to say this is a, a little deal. What I gotcha. think it's acknowledging is we want him to work in there because if he's ever going to play – Likely he plays in that role. Prepping in case, I, I don't think he plays game one at all. But if he gets in the series and they get on the power play, it would not surprise you one bit if Eric Gustafson then takes the quarterbacking role on the first power play. He's very, very good at it. He's very good at it. Uh, he was in Washington. He's been so before in Chicago. Um, and so that's, what I, that's why it's a little deal, because it's more a precursor to if he plays, as opposed to if it was a big deal, like, oh, because he's playing there game one, which I don't think will be the case. 
Johnny, uh, we saw Ryan O'Reilly make his debut the other night against Boston, played pretty well in that game against uh, Montreal. Did you see any limitations in his game, or are you confident that this guy's ready to rock? Nothing too much, no. I mean, he played pretty good minutes. He looked solid. He was good in the faceoff. I didn't see any sort of favoring his finger or trying to protect it or not taking draws or whatever. He, he was sort of his normal self. Picked up some points, pucks banging around him in front of the net against Montreal, which would always feel good. No, I mean, I think tonight would be an interesting game because Florida does play pretty fast, pretty frenetic. And, you know, the one thing with Ryan O'Reilly this year, and maybe even more so when you miss a month, although you could skate because it was just his finger, you know, the pace of the game, A.B., like how does that stack up? Does he get tired? They go back-to-back tonight and tomorrow. Does he look tired tomorrow? I think tomorrow will be fascinating, even more important, because I want to see, and if I'm Sheldon Keith. Uh, I don't know. Who, I don't know who Tampa play. Like, I don't know how, what Tampa's roster looks like tomorrow. But if they play a normal roster, I think they will because Braden points on 49 goals. He'll play. I'm trying Ryan O'Reilly against Braden Point as much as possible tomorrow because mm. I want to see what that looks like. Yeah. Know what that matchup? That's the that like whatever he does last two games tonight. That to me is a is a massive determining factor in how the Leafs prepare to play against Tampa. What O'Reilly can do against points. If he's up to it, then it opens up so many possibilities for Toronto to work their lineup in a bunch of different ways. You can have Matthews, Tavares, and O'Reilly play on different lines. You can have Matthews and Tavares load up offensively. You can do a lot of different things. He can't. Only one option, isn't there? It's like Austin Matthews has to play against him most of the time. You know, David Camp can do it on occasion, but it's going to be Austin Matthews' job. So that's why I think O'Reilly, what I'm watching tomorrow specifically, if I'm Sheldon, is, you know, what happens when he's out there at Point Kucherov, because that's, that's the one that matters next week. Mike, you played more games in the NHL than um, uh, Michael DiStefano and I have. That's uh, been, that's been confirmed. Yeah. So, uh, Jed Alexander gets in for the final 70 seconds on Saturday night. And Chris Weidman said about it, about the Maple Leafs, they'll get what they deserve in a few weeks. That's just my opinion. My question for you, Mike Johnson, um, what is it that the Maple Leafs deserve in a few weeks? Cause, cause I felt that Chris Weidman kind of, uh, you know, he, he didn't really fill in the blanks there. Kind of a mysterious mm-hmm. comment. So what do the Leafs deserve in a few weeks for giving Jed Alexander 70 seconds of play on Saturday? Uh, for, according to Chris Weidman. Now, full disclosure, I like Chris. He's a bright guy. I'm surprised he said that. Uh, but, I think what he's suggesting is because somehow they're being disrespectful to their opponent by dressing a non-NHL goaltender for 70 seconds in a 71 game that they deserve to lose because that's what the Leafs have done. And it's no. always good for Montreal Canadiens players to take shots at Toronto Maple Leafs players because that endears themselves with Montreal fan base. So, Chris, if you're listening, you know I love you. That is a ridiculously terrible take. Ridiculously terrible. Okay, you don't know what you're talking about. First off, is this Tim Bitt? Or is this the NHL? If you don't want them to play a a goalie who's not an NHL goalie, how about you keep the game within five goals? How's that sound? If that game is 4-1, guess who doesn't get in the game? Jet. Okay, it's 7-1. You're getting smoked. That's why the Leafs can allow a guy to have a dream come true moment. Are we so sensitive that we can't see the forest for the trees? It's a guy who's never going to be in the NHL, who's going to get to play in the NHL, and what, it bothers you because it's being disrespectful? Get out of here. Stop taking everything so seriously. 
It's ridiculous. Like, and then like the fact that I saw the media chime in on it. This is what the Leafs poor. I'm like, okay, hang on. First of all, Edmonton Oilers did this. I think the kid's name was Matt Berlin a month yep. ago. Celebrated for how cool a moment it was. It was Connor McDavid who turned around and said, Jay Woodcroft, put him in. No one's jumping down Connor's throat. Are they going to get what they deserve with the first-round loss? No. But somehow the Leafs, it's bad when they do it. Forget it. It makes no sense. And I've also seen, well, the Leafs had their good power play out there when the game was already out of hand. Okay, well, two things. One, how much has Ryan O'Reilly, who might play on their first power play, played with this team? Hardly at all. They need live reps, which means they need to get on the ice even if the game's 7-1. If you don't want them to score, are we playing Timbits? Are we playing in the NHL? Stop them. How about you just stop them and not complain about who's on the power play? How's that sound? And then the other dichotomy of this argument. Okay, work with me, guys. The Leafs deserve right. what they're going to get because they didn't respect their opponent, took them lightly, and put up a non-NHL goalie in. So they disrespected them by not taking it serious. But they also disrespected them by taking it too serious by putting <laughs> their good power play people out there. It's the mind-bending theatrics we've got to do to try to make this make sense bothers me beyond belief. And, Chris, you know I like you a lot. That is an awful, awful take. Awful. It makes no sense. It doesn't matter that it's the Leafs. I said the same thing about Edmonton. I said the same thing when I've been on the receiving end. I see Ottawa media chiming in. Listen, I played against the fans in 04, and every, it was 7-1 for them. And every other shift, here comes Heatley, and here comes Spez, and here comes Alfie, and here comes Havlat. Like, I don't want to hear about it. It's the NHL. Run up the score. That's what you're supposed to do. You're trying to win. It's the pros. It's not Timbit. I'm fired up. But like that, I could not believe it. It's so nonsensical. It's hard to stomach. Um, Mike, that was a fantastic answer. That was a passionate, emotional answer. I love that answer. There's just one problem. You didn't actually answer my question. What do the Maple Leafs deserve? Do they deserve to win <laughs> the first round? What do they deserve in two weeks? I, I never got an answer to my question. They deserve whatever they're going to get based on how well they play. That's what they deserve. Right. Good answer. Good answer. Thank you, sir. Speaking of those, <laughs> speaking of comments, <laughs> like what did you make of Bo Horvat's comments, though? Because I thought they were equally as, as asinine, to be honest with you, just completely throwing Vancouver fans under the bus for no reason whatsoever. What did you make of those comments? So, again, like I get it. Fans are passionate. That's why we love them. That's why the game's amazing. You know, I, I don't know if this was a master plan by Bo Horvat. I think that he was in his home building. The place he's going to play for eight more years. He's never playing for Vancouver again. He's only going to be a visitor there. I know they treated him well and supported him. He had great years there. But I think he got, you know, he's in the moment with the home fans, and he's going to kind of throw them a bone. Like, we're better than they were. I'm happy to be here. Um, yes, it's a bit of a slight. But having said that, he didn't play in the playoffs very often in Vancouver, right? So, like, you know, part of what he's saying is true. Unnecessary. Somewhat inflammatory. Doesn't mind being the villain next time he goes there, apparently. Not really trying to make any friends or mend any fences now that he's gone. But it's not the end of the world. You know, was it necessary? No. If I was a Vancouver fan, I'm like, okay, well, I guess I'm not cheering for Bo Horvat when he comes back. But whatever. He's cool. He's just throwing his new hometown and hometown fans, um, you know, a little bone while they're celebrating a big win as they try to make the playoffs. Cheap heat. They call that cheap heat is uh, is a rest. should rep the city. He That's should rip the city. It. He should say skiing sucks in BC. BC salmon is horrible. I mean, he should <laughs> keep going on this one. Keep if going on go, this. Go all the way. Own it. Atlant Own it. Atlantic it's, Ocean, it better than time. Pacific. Real estate's too expensive. 
public transit's no good. Yeah, absolutely. No, <laughs> no, it's, uh, yeah, it was surprising because Bo, when you know him and you've followed his career, as you guys have, like he's not a very controversial, inflammatory guy. That's the part that's surprising because it seemed out of character. Uh, as we, you know, we continue to talk about comments that were made, I guess we'll just keep with that theme. Um, Cooper made some comments, and I thought that they were they were rather interesting just a week out from the playoffs. So I'm going to play them for you here in case you missed them, MJ, for anyone else who missed them. And I want to get your thoughts on the other side. Go ahead, Josh. We're playing like the season ended when we clinched the playoff spot, like there was no season left. So it's really, uh, I, I'm surprised. I've been with this group a long time. I'm extremely surprised that that's, this is how it's uh, happening. And You know, tonight we had a chance to make amends. It's... 3-3 going into the third, and uh, we lose the third 4-0. That's uh, it's, it's not where we need to be moving uh, you know, the playoffs starting in a week. So, John Cooper, that was him after getting just trucked by the Senators, 7-4. Mm-hmm. Not something you want to see a week out, but they've also allowed six or more goals in their last three games. I think it's 19 goals in their last three games coming off of three great performances is there reason to, to be concerned for Tampa Bay here? So the answer is yes and no. So the, 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 like, they just – remember when they ran through that three really good games you mentioned and Vasilevsky got like, whatever it was, 112 out of 113, and everyone's like, yeah. oh, my God, they're back. They did flip the switch. Here they come. And then, you know, they've kind of packed it in mentally and they got, you know, roughed up by the Rangers and the Devils and then again the Senators. And Vasilevsky looks human and Elliot's playing a bit more – I think this is John Cooper making a point to his team, like, come on, guys, we're better than this, but also manipulating the narrative, like, somehow they're no good. You know what I mean? Like, he's trying to foster this attitude, like, maybe they are vulnerable, because I think he believes that will help them if, in fact, they're not. So I'm saying not a big deal in the sense that, you know, they're fine. They're, I think the coach is playing games. They, are, they have treated the season like it doesn't matter once they make the playoffs. But that's how everyone around that team feels, genuinely. Like, he, he knows this, and I think in many ways he feels that way too, but he can't say it out loud. But the reason it is a big deal is because the team isn't as good. Flat out, the Tampa Bay Lightning are not as good as they've been in years past. That doesn't mean they're not good. doesn't mean they can't win one, two, three, four series. It just means they're not as good as they were in years past. The depth is not as good, especially on defense. They don't have as many good players. They are vulnerable in that sense not because the comments not because this past week's performance but just because that's the reality of their roster all right mj final week of the season last one for you two spots up for grabs in the east one in the west who does mystic mm-hmm. mike see claiming the final three wild card spots in the nhl winnipeg is going to take the one in the west i think they're going to hold off um you know calgary and nashville they have a pretty cushy schedule uh, the Islanders have a pretty friendly schedule as well, and as do Pittsburgh. But I think Florida's got, if I'm not mistaken, they have Toronto, and I think they might have Carolina as well left yeah. in the season for the Florida Panthers. That's a tough schedule, but I think they got a tiebreaker on Pittsburgh. So I'm going to say chalk. It's boring. It's going to go down to the wire, but I guess the Panthers are going to get there on this run with Alex Lyon, of all people in that, while well, Bob is resting from a two-week mysterious illness and never getting in there, and Florida will find a way, and so will the Islanders, and so will the Jets. 
It's Hamburglar 2.0. It's hilarious. This, Apparently, this right? Alex Lyon. It's 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 a good it's, story. It would be a great well, story, sad, but it's he's not the Hamburglar. He's the Lion King. That's, that's it. the thing they that's that's <laughs> the uh, that's what he's been dubbed. So they play like the Lion King song on the jumbotron and stuff. It's quite fun. That's it's awesome. growing slowly, but it'll be good. Well, we'll see what he can do tonight because I think it'll be uh, an it's an important two points that they got to try to pick up uh, here against Toronto tonight. So we'll see uh, what the Lion King can do against Toronto. Uh, appreciate it, MJ, and uh, I guess you'll be on the call tomorrow against the Tampa Bay Lightning. So can't wait to hear that. All right, guys, have a great week. We'll talk soon. You as well. There he goes, Mike Johnson, our TSN hockey analyst, the Lion King. Guy's been unreal. Like, yeah. legitimately, like, he's been the only reason why the Florida Panthers have been able to, to stay in this fight. Because if you look, all the teams, it's funny, except Calgary probably, but all the teams that are fighting for a playoff spot, are just they just continue to win. Continue to win big games and stay in the race. It's turned out to be a really, really good race, in particular in the East. And it's the Lion King is the big reason for it for the Florida Panthers. And again... Tough test tonight with the Maple Leafs rolling in there. It could be Matthew Nyes' return, which, you know, could spark something for the Leafs if you got this young kid finally making his debut. And, you know, that could be a, a big boon for Toronto in this one to give them the energy to match a team that's fighting for their playoff lives. So I, I'm excited for tonight's game. I think it should be a good one, Matty. Coming up a little later in the show, I'll tell you why the more interesting race isn't for the final wild card, but it's something completely different. Oh, interesting. All right. Well, we will find out a little later in the show. Tony Ferrari going to join us also at 1 o'clock. And in about 10 minutes or so, Jet Alexander, yeah. the e-bug for the Maple Leafs, played 70 seconds of NHL hockey, registered a victory for Toronto, will join us on the show. I'm Mike DiStefano with Matt Kaisos and Elise Lunch here on TSN 1050. Lease Specials will get you out of your car lease today. It's the easiest buy. A piece of cake, avoid penalties, and early termination fees. Visit LeaseBusters.com. It's Mike DiStefano with Matthew Cause here today. It's a game day. Leafs down in Florida. Game 80 on the air. Then they got 81 tomorrow in Tampa, and they finish things off Thursday night, I believe it is, against uh, the New York Rangers before it is go time. And speaking of go time, leading up to the playoffs, we are hitting on these 10 burning questions that we have here at 1050. And today's burning question, do the Leafs have the intangibles this year that they haven't had in previous seasons? I'll let you tackle this question first, Matty. God, I hate being a Debbie Downer on a gorgeous Monday. It's a blue skies here in downtown Toronto, but the answer to that is no. We don't. We or we don't know. Uh, to gain these sort of intangibles, it's not about the fires of the regular season. It's about at least going on a semi-deep playoff run to get that knowledge in your head. Um, do they have the capability for it? Of course they do. Am I convinced they have those intangibles? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Um, you know, do they have what it takes to find a way to score more than one goal in an elimination game in the playoffs? 
I mean, I get your point where do we know until we until we actually see it? No, I, I suppose not. But when you look at, like, intangibles, what, what does that mean? And, and I think, you know, we think about guys who have a little bit more size and toughness and experience. And, I mean, yep. adding the players that they did at the deadline, I think, does give them a little bit extra and more of that, those intangibles than they've had in the previous uh, previous years. Like, you look at the But the intangibles are still going to be about the big four. It's starting out, it's still going to be about the big four and Morgan Riley. Like, you're right, Ryan O'Reilly brings something different. But in the end, I need to see the main minutes guys do it. Yeah, Jake McCabe. Jake McCabe's going to be a minute muncher. And that guy can go out there and he can do some things that not a lot of dudes on this blue line could do. O'Reilly, I think, is another guy who could do that. And, and I, I don't know. I, I think you could still get a lot of experience like this down the lineup. We talk a lot about how much Pat Maroon and Corey Perry and last year Nick Paul, what they did for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Do you remember Nick Paul in Game 7? That was the guy who yes. put the you know put the lease yes, away. It wasn't Brain Point, uh-huh. Kucherov, Stamkos. It was Nick Paul. So I think that it does matter when you add those type of guys into the bottom of your lineup, those dudes who have heart, good work ethic, and the willingness to, to win. And when it comes to Ryan O'Reilly, the guy who has won, and he's won probably the most prestigious postseason award there is in hockey right as a con Smythe winner i think that that does certainly add to the intangibles uh for the toronto maple Leafs. so but to your point again we got to see it all work out right you can add all this stuff but if they don't really come through in the playoffs it doesn't really matter so i guess to your point we will wait and see but i think what they've added i have i have more faith that it will show up this year Fair than point. i did in years past all right yeah, buddy paul was a good example <laughs> uh, coming up, Jet Alexander, the UFT goaltender. He was the least emergency backup on Saturday and got to play 70 seconds of NHL hockey. We'll find out exactly how that felt. He will join us next. What a moment that must have been for Jet Alexander. Getting uh, getting a chance to live out a, a childhood dream, I would imagine, one that many of us have to play in a regular season NHL game. And he got to do it this Saturday against the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, I'm Mike DiStefano with Matthew Cause. And joining us on the line is the man himself. It's Jet Alexander, U of T goaltender and Leafs emergency goalie Saturday night. Got to play in the game. Jet, how's it going? Good. Thanks for having me, guys. No, thank you so much for for taking the time here to uh, to join us. Uh, I know it's, it's busy because you're still technically in school. It's exams that's going on. I mean, how how did you find time to uh, you know play an NHL game in between this busy month? Yeah, I think that's something uh, pretty much everyone would take time out of their schedule to do. <laughs> that's, no, that's a good um, point. Yeah, in between school, like classes being done and exams now. So yeah, um, obviously, when they call, you go. So were you a big Leaf fan? If, gr- were you a big Leaf fan growing up here, Jet? Yeah, um, I've been a Leaf fan, you know, for yeah, pretty much my whole life, and uh, which makes it all the more special. Um, and obviously, just being able to do it in Toronto, in front of a on a you know Saturday night against the against the Habs. That's, I mean, it doesn't really get much better than that. That's kind of the uh, ideal situation. So. Well, I did hear that also. Your uh, your dad apparently a Montreal Canadiens fan. So how did he feel about that? <laughs> yeah, I think uh, you know, um, kind of the perfect storm there, uh, which is pretty ironic. But um, yeah, I mean, obviously he wished they both my parents were just super super happy. Um, you know, obviously that's something I've always wanted to do. Um, 
not the way I thought I'd get to the NHL when I was a little kid, but uh, nonetheless, still, still something uh, that I can, you know, share and cherish uh, with my uh, with my parents, my friends, family. So, yeah. I was wondering, Jet, uh, if you could take us through just what Saturday or Friday night was like when you found out the call and just all the machinations that went from when you first heard about it to when you got on the ice. Yeah, I mean, like, it was honestly pretty last minute. Um, you know, um, just didn't really expect that um, when I woke up Saturday, obviously. Um, and then things just, you know, kind of happened just before game time or whatever, and just had enough time to get my parents up there. Um, you know, obviously my, my girlfriend and my friends and stuff to get tickets that were in the city. Um, but really not a whole lot of heads up, um, pretty last minute. So, I uh, didn't really have too much time to be anxious about it, which is probably for the better. <laughs> How did the ticket situation work? Like, were you, Ooh, good were you granted a couple of tickets there or how'd that work? <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, my parents got a couple of tickets and then, yeah, everyone else kind of fun for themselves. So, uh, <laughs> uh, but I mean, yeah, um, I think, you know, I was pretty lucky that, that, uh, I did have people that would come that came and watched and, um, you know, kind of enjoy it with and soak it all in with. Uh, we're with Jet Alexander, UFT goaltender, played for the Maple Leafs, uh, and as the emergency goaltender Saturday night got into the game, played uh, a, a whopping 70 seconds of NHL action. Did you get any advice from, from the players in the room before going out to the game, maybe in between periods? I mean, in the second there, Samsonov looked like he was laboring. Like, what was going on through your head? It, it almost looked like, too, because they panned to you, and it looked like Zach Aston Reese was kind of saying something to you. Like, can you bring us into that moment and how you were feeling and what was going on through your mind there? Yeah, obviously, I think that's a pretty funny clip. It's kind of going around. I've seen it on the internet a few times. Uh, I don't know. You can read my lips for what you think I say, but um, <laughs> it was uh, it was obviously that was probably the most nervous I, I was. Um, I think there was like 12 minutes left in the second, but he luckily he was fine um, and played a really really good game. Um, didn't seem to affect him at all. So uh, obviously that was a plus. But yeah, that was that was probably the highest my heart rate got. Um, until I got on the ice for sure. Um, but just, you know, I mean, what, what do I have to lose being there? I guess kind of was what was going through my head. Um, and just trying to enjoy it. And if I did get out there, you know, who knows what happens, but, um, I still got my 70 seconds in and that, that's pretty cool. And, um, obviously a big part just due to the guys and the organization there, um, for giving me that opportunity, you know, kind of making someone's dream come true in all honesty. Um, so yeah, just, just very, very lucky. It really is. I mean, it, it is an incredible story, and it's one we all loved watching. I, I'm curious. Did you bump? Were you bummed out? You didn't get an official shot on goal. I, I, I said that Montreal. They were cowards. You don't need to comment on that part. But uh, we're a jet. We at least a little bit wanted to at least have one shot on net against you. Yeah, I think it was actually a couple shot attempts, one right off that draw that got blocked, and then there was like a turnaround shot from the slot, went pretty far wide. Um, I kind of said it afterwards, I think uh, my ideal situation would be a shot from the blue line, no traffic. Um, and then, but I mean, you know, I'm still, it's not really a bad thing I didn't get a shot because then I didn't get the chance to give up a goal. So, 
you kind of got to, you know, weigh which one I guess is more important. But, yeah, I can say I didn't give up a goal, which is pretty cool. <laughs> well, it was an exciting game from the Maple Leafs' perspective. I mean, Mitch Marner was being the this typical magician self. You know, Nylander played an excellent game. O'Reilly, Matthews, everyone was kind of firing on all cylinders. And you had a, a front row view from the bench. Like, what was it like being able to watch these guys perform at their best on Saturday night? Yeah, um, obviously being to – uh, quite a few games here over the last couple of years with the whole being a knee bug and everything like that. But um, seeing it like that low, that close, um, and then those guys come back and sit next to you on the bench afterwards, that's pretty cool. Um, and just hearing them talk, uh, you know, their conversations and stuff. Like, obviously, Marner's line was just going that night. Um, awesome. It felt like every time they were out there, they were getting a grade A or a point. Um, so it was, it was pretty cool to see. Um, obviously, the whole team played really well, but Obviously, just kind of also getting to watch Sam Snob and um, his preparation and how, you know, focused he is and how good he is. Uh, that was pretty cool for me, obviously, as a goalie as well. I'm curious, now what for you, Jet? Like, I hear you've got exams coming up. Do you, uh, do you need help studying? I mean, we, you're talking to two college graduates. Like, what goes on in the next couple of days for the life of Jet Alexander? <laughs> uh, U of T has pretty strict academic integrity rules, so... I think I'm on my own for studying, um, but uh, obviously, yeah, just kind of preparing for preparing for exams and stuff. I mean, I'm still, you know, at the end of the day, I'm, a, I'm still a university student that, you know, plays hockey, but also has to prioritize the school side of it. So, um, yeah, just getting ready for that, um, you know, trying to enjoy my 15 minutes here and then, uh, <laughs> you know, um, right off into the sunset, I guess, after that and go back to being a, a student athlete. Well, I, I don't know well, if that I, happens I, because well, just because you were an e-bug last year for Colorado. They went on to win a championship. If Toronto does the same thing, I think you become <laughs> the hottest commodity come July 1 free agency in terms of the, the e-bug world. Have you ever thought about that? Yeah, I, uh, I did cross my mind um, Saturday after the game uh, just with what happened with Colorado, but I also don't want to jinx it um, being a Leafs fan. <laughs> so. <laughs> And then, well, here's the really tough question that everyone wants to know. Who is a better e-bug, you or David Ayers? <laughs> uh, <laughs> he has an NHL win, um, which I think is pretty cool. Uh, so, <laughs> obviously, uh, a big thanks to him which uh, for, you know, paving the way for us other e-bugs. Um, but actually, ironically enough, my old roommate, Alex Bishop, did the same thing last year with the yep. Leafs. Um, one of my best buddies and, you know, obviously my old goalie partner too. So it's kind of funny that uh, we get to kind of share this uh, weird little, um, you know, fact about ourselves together. So it's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. It's not a lot of people who can say that they've been able to, uh, you know, sit on the bench for an NHL game, let alone actually get some ice time, but you did, buddy, and that was uh, that was awesome. It was a really cool story, uh, and I'm sure just a, a dream come true. Really appreciate taking the time to uh, to join us. Good luck with exams, and good luck with everything in the future, Jed. Hopefully we can see you some point on the ice again. <laughs> yeah, no, thank you, guys. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. There he goes. Jet Alexander, goaltender for UFT, and uh, got himself some NHL action Saturday night. 70 seconds. Of shutout hockey, technically. Yes, exactly. 
Yeah, I, I don't remember David Ayers going. Uh, I believe he gave up a couple goals. He made some saves, but I believe he gave up a couple goals. So you know, yeah, I, I think there's an argument here about who's <laughs> been the better e-bug goalie. But it is such a it is such a cool story. You will always have that on your life's resume. That'll always somewhere be there. And I, I think it was just it was so cool for him on Saturday night. And shame on Chris Weidman. Shame on that grumpy galoot trying to you know say, oh, the Leafs are going to get what they deserve. Get out of here. They're wise. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, jo- Johnny was fired up. If, if if you guys just got into the car, you're just listening, and you missed uh, Mike Johnson. It was a great hit we had with him. Go check it out on the podcast because he was really fired up about Chris Weidman's comments, talking about how Toronto's going to get what they deserve for the for what they had done throughout that game. But um, I-, I thought it was awesome, like, to, to give him an opportunity. And, look, Sheldon Keefe even said it. It wasn't necessarily his call. It, it came from... The bench, similarly to how Connor McDavid ended up getting uh, Matt Berlin his opportunity to play. So, you know, I thought that it was a pretty cool thing, right? Like, this is an opportunity of a lifetime for Jed Alexander. And, and I mean, just speaking to him now, he clearly was super excited about it. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm really happy and, and uh, happy for the guy. And, again, hopefully... Uh, what happened last year, you know, history can repeat itself. Because, like I said, Matty, he was the e last season for Colorado at one point. <laughs> we know what happened to them. We'll see if uh, the same thing could happen for the Maple Leafs. A uh, couple quick updates from practice, actually. Looks like um, Matthew Nye's going to be wearing number 23. Number 23 for Matthew Nye's in the year 2023. He's going to rock that. That's such a... I mean, that is not a a hockey number. Like, do, do, who can you no, think I, of I, that wears twenty three? Like, that's that's Jordan, LeBron. That's not a hockey like, number. No, or like an NFL cornerback. That's what I think of when twenty three. You're right. I don't think about jersey numbers. Here's my question for you: Which Matt is going to have a bigger impact over the next three weeks, Matt Nyes or Matt Murray? Oh. I would imagine Matthew Nyes. I'm not sure we see much out of Matt Murray for the rest of the regular season, at the very least. He I've didn't not, join I, the team on the trip. Uh, and I said, I said the next three weeks. I'm including the playoffs in this. Uh, I don't necessarily think Matt Murray sniffs a playoff game either, unless a he's got to get healthy. B, I think things would have to go astronomically wrong. Like for me, this is this is Samsonov's net. It's Samsonov's yes. net, and he would have to really blow up. And even if he does, again, Matt Murray has to get healthy, which he is not. He's still day to day, and um, it's it's unfortunate because it, it may. Well, I guess Matt Murray technically his injury gave us the Jet Alexander story. If he didn't get hurt, yes. and they didn't have to go through all these cap gymnastics to send down Joe Wall to create the, that emergency backup situation so that they could sign Matthew Nyes. No, we never would have had Jed Alexander in this story would not have been here. So I guess we do have like a silver lining, something that we could shout take out from to that Matt Murray. Murray. And we wish we, we we you're right. We wish him nothing but the best in terms of his health. But you're right. If you're looking for a silver lining, we, uh, the the injury got us that really fun seventy seconds to end a seven one win over Montreal. Yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah, I, in terms of what I expect out of Matt Murray over the next three weeks, not a whole lot. Does that mean I expect a lot out of Matthew Nyes? Not necessarily, but I think he'll at yep. least play games. Like he's, we'll see if he plays tonight. Uh, you know, we're going to hear from Sheldon Keith at four thirty. They're not having uh, a speak. They're not speaking today ahead of the game, so we will not hear if he's going to play for a little bit. But if he does, 
at least he gets three games of action, right? He'll play tomorrow for sure, and I would presume uh, if all goes well, he'll also get that game against the Rangers to 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 uh, finish up the year. And then it's go time, and then the decision is made. Is he playoff ready or not? And that's something that, again, we can't answer today, but uh, Sheldon Keefe will have to answer that question in a couple of days. All right, let's take, uh, let's take a break. On the other side, we'll be joined by Tony Ferrari. He'll help us kind of... He'll help us and see if Matthew Nyes is ready to make that jump. You know, he's a draft and prospect analyst. He's been watching him for a while. So we can get back into some Nyes chat with Tony Ferrari. And then uh, it's Monday. So we got some What's in the Group Chat coming up as well. Second hour of Leafs Lunch coming up next.